farmer experts out there. Uh, yeah, that's a, there's an image in the chat room at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat from uh, Aaron Barker there. 573 days face-to-face with COVID patients while unvaccinated. Never got the doom. I have an immune system. Don't mandate my choices. <laughs> All right, from the foothills of southeast Texas. And uh, Mr. Brian uh, Koch stopping by here today for a free farm Friday. And you people are all about to get jealous because this guy's going to harvest somewhere like four or five tons of food in the next two or three weeks. Uh, where are you going to put all that food, dude? Um, in the refrigerator. <laughs> Can you hear me? But the bushels and bushels and bushels that you harvest. <laughs> How many refrigerators? Are we talking a walk-in? No, I've I've canned some and freeze some, and it just depends depends on what it is. All right, so what's uh, being harvested? Well, uh, let let me ask you a question that uh, many people might have, especially if they live in the deep south here. Uh, Is it too hot for certain things to like be producing uh, fruit right now? Like I asked you the other day about my pickled cucumber. I mean, the vine took off; it looked beautiful. But uh, when the July rains ended and the August heat hit at 92 degrees every day, and it doesn't seem to matter how many times a day uh, you water it, um, the little pickle cukes that you, I can see them budding, I can see them start, and then they wilt. They die. Is is that the heat or is that just my brown thumb? That could be the heat and then there's bugs too. I mean, when it's hot, I mean, the bugs are just going nuts, and I mean, I'm, I'm having <clears throat> you know bug stuff and everything. But I'm, I've cleaned out a bunch of stuff and just start, just start, kind of started over with with some things, just because. So let me ask you: Is there something like, a, is there a particular bug that eats little cucumbers? <laughs> oh yeah, there's well, a. What can I do about it? Uh, you, you know, if you can find, find them, you know, uh, you know the. Soapy water spray works, or uh, some other, you know, other, you know, kind of spot spraying and stuff. A lot of times, they, it's at night, and uh, you know, you might have to, put, you know, put something on it, or, or uh, uh, if it's a worm, you know, that that BT I talked about, that bacillus syringensis is a is a good thing to use too. So, explain to our listeners what BT is. It's a uh, bacteria that uh, is. Uh, 
if it's ingested by a caterpillar or a worm, it will uh, make it feel like it's already full and it won't eat anymore and it dies of starvation because it thinks it's full. So is it Bacilla teratoris? What did you call it? Bacillus thuringiensis. Tarangensis, okay. So yeah. uh, I need to go and actually get some of that from uh, my uh, local heart, uh, gardening supply dude if he has it. Is that something that's common in most like feed stores and what have you? Yeah, you should be able to find it pretty easily. And if not, they can get it. Okay, so BT, <clears throat> now, <clears throat> are, uh, are the problems that you're having, because we're on a parallel as far as uh, uh, latitude goes, are the problems you're having, are they bug or heat-related or both? It's both. And like I said, that's why I kind of cleaned out a bunch of stuff and started over. Um, it just, just to, where if it's making fruit, a lot of times the bugs are coming after it. So uh, that that's what it, you know, or the flowers, they like that tender part around, you know, around the base of it. And so you just kind of, you know, roll with the seasons and uh, and do that. But uh you know, a lot of things. I'm just I'm starting a lot of plants right now too. <clears throat> so I wanted to t I wanted to tell you that my first uh, split off a Roma tomato plant uh, from June, I had like six and then eight and ten. <laughs> they all died, but one of them survived. And I got that guy in the ground now. And he's about 18 inches tall. I could have put a tomato cage around him. Uh, he looks green, healthy, not yellow and wilted. And um, I think I'm actually going to have my first actual split success there. So I right. never would have known to do that. Um, and I had four more candidates out of, si out of uh, seven more that I started last weekend. Uh, four more candidates that looked like they... Uh, now, you told me to keep them in the shade in the water bin uh, with the stalk at the base uh, all the way to the bottom of the pipe or pot, right? So they should mm -hmm. never go out into the sun until I plant them. Is that right? Well, you can probably start setting them out there to get them hardened up. Hardened up. Oh, so uh, they don't get shocked when they go in the ground, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe a couple hours this weekend because they wilt. If I leave them out in the sun, they wilt. Yeah, and that's that's why you want to kind of keep them in maybe a partial type deal, so where they might get early sun because you know they're going to need that and everything, and they'll help harden them up. Okay, interesting. Let's go to uh, anything else of particular import that in Southeast Texas <clears throat> that you're. And when you say you're 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 starting over, um, I now for the first time I got little tiny. I got this about about six inches tall now. Uh, from beans, uh, snap bean, little plants. I told the uh, minister, I'm like, look, we got Jack and the beanstalks. <laughs> actually have little beanstalks. Uh, how long should I wait before I introduce them to the ground? And do I need to put them inside a fence? Will the rabbits eat them? Uh, yeah, the rabbits will probably get them. So yeah, you want to protect them. But yeah, you can probably go ahead and get them in. Okay. Uh, if they've got two. If they've got two leaves, um, at least. Oh, they've got two. Just, all of them. Yeah, they should be ready then. And uh, but uh, but I'm doing, you know, the cabbages, the broccoli. Okay, I haven't got to that yet because like I don't that. have the seeds. Um, what kind of uh, cabbage here in the southeast, uh, southeast uh, Texas, and all throughout South Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, and Florida and Georgia? What kind of uh, lettuce grows uh, best, Brian? I mean, uh, cabbage. I, I 
I kind of I, I go with what my feed store sells. They okay. sell a, a flat Dutch, which is kind of a more of a triangular type, uh, you know, cone type. And then there's another uh, I can't remember what it's called now. You have to uh, I need to look at the package, but it's a more round. But I think I think you can do pretty well with with a lot of variety because the weather's cooler. Um, you know, when you're growing it and stuff. So they, you know, it, it, there's a little more room for, uh, for a, a little more flexibility in what you're using and stuff. So, all right, let's, uh, yeah. uh, 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 you know, go to your local store and see what they have. Okay. Now, do you start those as seeds? You start those as seeds yeah. in little seed pots. Mm-hmm. All right. I can do yeah. that. All right. Mid or Monday. Like tomatoes. All right. Uh, Brian, say hi to Mid or Monday. Uh, Hello, Mid or Monday. The, the old farmer guy. Yeah. What's happening, Mid or Monday? I'm sitting outside here in the drizzling rain under an umbrella so I can speak to you, gentlemen. They uh, set up these nice uh, outdoor areas so we can uh, have socialized distancing in the People's Republic of Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you laugh, you know, I mean, you know, that they, they're whatever. Um, we don't want to go into that. We've, uh, we want to talk about things that make us happy. Okay, so <laughs> what, what, what is making the Monday Farm happy these days? Right now? You know, one of my favorite things, Mr. Chair, you talked a little bit already, preservation, preservation, preservation. Right now it's preservation time because everything's coming in. So whatever I see, that and cooking. So, you know, whatever I feel like experimenting or making and trying to see how much of it I want to put up for the winter and trying some different ways of doing it so that you can experiment with texture and different ways of, of, of uh, how you may use it as you pull it out, doing vacuum sealing, vacuum sealing raw, vacuum sealing blanched, uh, keeping now, it Now, why would we, you got to slow down. This is a free farm Friday. People yeah. are taking notes. Why oh. would you vacuum seal a blanch and what? And why would you vacuum seal just dry and okay. why? Well, any, any of the fresh vegetables, the purpose of blanching is to do a, a slight sterilization to minimize uh, any bacteria or anything that's on the surface that'll... Do, do you blanch whole? Do you blanch whole? No, generally I piece things up in a manner in which I was going to use them, for example... I think I'm, last week or two weeks ago, I said it. eggplant's just uh, doing wonderful, and I like eggplant, which is good. So, whether I cut it up in slices, for, you know, for uh, you know, parmesan or something later, or I cut up in chunks for marinating or to throw in soup, so I'll prep it in a manner in which I think I'm going to use some of it, and then some of it I can. Uh, you can vacuum. Vacuum sealing does a lot of good things as opposed to just plain freezing. If you're just going to plain freeze, you haven't invested in the vacuum sealers, and they're cheap. But if you haven't. You really need to blanch because it, it will extend the, the the freezing life and the freezing quality. If you're going to do vacuum sealing, that's, that's why I'm kind of trying it both ways to see if it's worth the effort to do the vacuum sealing. You know, I'm not trying to preser preserve it for the next decade. I'm trying to preserve it for the next three to six months. Yeah, you know, and that's a different, that's a different topic, which we you know is not really a well, not say it's home homestead Tuesday or whatever you want to ever call it, but. The, uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, I do, do a lot of the tomatoes, I'll do that way. I mean, anymore, I don't tend to can the tomatoes as much because I'd rather blanch them and freeze them whole, and I can do with what I do with them what I want later. If I want to puree them or make them do a sauce, or if I want to leave them chunked, or, you know, whatever, you can do different things like that. So that's that's kind of what we're... I'm doing a little more experimenting than I used to do. You used to do what Grandma taught me to do. Well, now I'm trying to do a... 
a little bit more. But right now it's all that and slaughter chicken. We got chickens up the wazoo and try to get them sold. So uh, these are meat chickens then you're talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah. These are all meat chickens right now. Yeah, that and that. And that. That and then come the ducks, and I hate to do the ducks, but the ducks are coming. And then a bunch—I got a bunch of quail. I got to knock off. Uh, uh, I know where you can get rid of some of those quail. Oh, well, okay. We'll send some down. No, 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 no. Just give them to me in October. I'll take them in October. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, because we're driving. Because we're not sitting on the evil airlines. Because we're driving, we can actually yeah. just bring a, an empty cooler, and you know, since the Pollock has got like five hundred pounds of extra vegetables, he can't eat. <laughs> well, and the Pollock, he's got me on. He, he, I got one in Pennsylvania now. Where I'm, that's kind of on my ride home. He's got this other one that delivers. So now we're getting very good dairy products and raw milk and stuff. So now he's got me. Actually, down in Florida, there I'm making cheese. I made a couple batches. Maybe this at SBC this time. We're going to start. You know, still about preservation. I'm making cheese. So now that I have you know what, I, raw milk. Hey Dan, if you uh, uh, Crusaders, yeah. if you go back to CrusadeChannel.com. Uh, Justin can tell us exactly what episode that is. I think it's episode five. If you go to Free Farm Friday, episode five, we had the cheese lady from uh, up in Washington State who did an entire show on how she and her families just started making cheese and started experimenting with it, different enzymes, different uh, uh, how to cheddar cheese and what have you. It's, a, it's an awesome show. So if you're interested in making your own cheese, we did a free Farm Friday on cheese making. We did a free Farm Friday on aquapotting, um, which is, or uh, no, he didn't call it aquapotting. He called it um, a Tracy Stone. What's that? Aquaculture. Aquaculture. On aquaculturing, uh, which was just, <laughs> just the, and Tracy walked us through the entire process, even gave us a PDF file, step-by-step -step instructions on doing that. So, uh, so if you got a question about this, there's a good chance we've already covered it on a Free Farm Friday. Go to crusadechannel.com. Uh, believe it or not, people scream and holler and cancel their memberships because our site's inoperable. It doesn't work. I use the search button to find things every day. I don't have all this stuff memorized. I, I look for stuff on the site every day, and I just use the search bar on the front. It works like a charm. If I type in Free Farm Friday, it'll show me the episodes of Free Farm Friday. Try it. Uh, it'll work. Um, uh, but they're all there on the site. So uh, if, if you're interested in the cheese making, so what kind of cheese are you going to make, Mundy? Well, right now I'm just doing fresh cheeses. I just I started to look at some investing in some small, you know, presses or getting uh, to make one and the molds and stuff. So I'll get to that. With the, with the you can do it. You can do it without rennet. Uh, especially with the raw milks because they haven't been pasteurized. So it's not that hard to make a good fresh cheese, and I've been trying to make them a little bit drier. So there's something something like a mozzarella, but they're a little drier, and then I'm going to start. Now, after I've made a couple, and they, even my wife said, these are good, it's okay. And I got the seal of approval. Um, we're going to start flavoring them, putting herbs and, and, and different things in them. So you can even put in uh, basil, you can put in garlic, you can put in combinations, you can put in you know, pepper flakes. There's all kinds of things you can do. Rosemary, you know, and, and so we're going to start with that. Then eventually I will invest a little money in some uh, small equipment batching and then see about doing some aged cheeses. See how you know? Then I know you got to get some rennet, and you got to start doing a little bit more. I, I I started to buy from a site, and then I was it, was it seemed like a nice site in New England, and I and I'm reading about it. A little family doing something, and then I read about their classes, and I started to read about how do you you had to be mass 
and vaccinated with a passport to take their classes. So I wrote them. I said, gee, I was going to buy from you, but now I won't. It works both ways. They didn't, an- they didn't answer me. So just, you know, <laughs> I, I did find one that at least don't, I don't know what they do, but they're not saying they do that. So if I'm happy with it, I'll throw it in the. Uh, Isn't that amazing? Uh, Isn't that, that amazing that people that are uh, into regenerative farming uh, and regenerative uh, wild uh, uh, livestock and, uh, and husbandry and what have you cannot ma- make the connection to be so deprived of the simple intellect needed to go like, I don't buy this. I mean, well, look, yeah, they actually points me. Well, you know, I can tell you because I've seen the the surveys. There's a bell curve to this, and what's amazing is that the the bell curve uh, for people that have actual real world knowledge, meaning doing things in reality, real world knowledge, um, they don't seem to be as smart as people that have PhDs and advanced degrees um, when it comes to saying no to the death jab. Have you seen this? At the top of the bell curve are masters. It's amazing. Uh, let me go back to uh, uh, to Brian. Brian, you don't do any cheesy. You don't have time for that. Um, sometimes we'll make, uh, we'll make some ricotta, but uh, other than that... Well, that's the easiest one, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we and we we're gonna do it eventually. It's just a matter of get you know getting the time to do it. So now let me, I am let me, I am making wine right now. Uh, okay, what kind of wine? Muscadine. Uh, uh, Mustang grape. So these are Texas big fat sweet grapes. Yeah, yeah, they grow wild around here. Uh, here in South Louisiana, across Louisiana. Muscadine wine is popular. It's a dessert wine. Uh, it's very sweet. It's uh, interesting, but you have to get north of like the, I think the 40th parallel or so before it's cool enough uh, to to grow the kind of grapes that make the other kind of wine. Mm-hmm. Your Chardonnays, your Viognes, your Pinots, and and uh, what have you. We're in the middle of our free farm uh, Friday episode here. And I think this is episode 14. And you can get all the previous episodes for free. Don't cost nothing. That's podcast at crusadechannel.com. Our master farmers, as we call them, uh, Brian Coca of Southeast Texas and Dan Mundy of Central New Jersey are on our Dude Maker hotline. Uh, We got a lot of people. uh, (laughs) There's a funny meme in the chat room just moments ago. When you're young, you're taking pictures of you and your family and your children. When you're old, you're taking selfies with your just freshly picked tomatoes. <laughs> pretty much describes your life, Mr. Coke. Yeah, pretty much, but it's, it's kids and kids and tomatoes. Kids and tomatoes. <laughs> uh, what else is going in the ground this time? Or are you getting ready? To go in the ground this time of year. I uh, did some sweet corn. Roger. Um, trying to think what else. You can do beans um, down here till till it freezes. Uh, green beans. Uh, so you got, know other stuff like that. Yeah. I've got that going. <clears throat> I have some uh, from seeds. Uh, black squash. I think it's called black. 
black black something mm. uh, squash. Uh, I got about uh, six or seven of them growing as little sprouts. Uh, they ultimately will make it, in, hopefully, into a squash bed. So these things will now grow in the south because we won't get a frost if we get one until earliest I've ever can remember seeing one is December. Yeah, we we usually are a little earlier on ours. We get them. I've had a couple in mid November. Uh, it is possible in November. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it mm-hmm. can happen. Uh, so we can grow all the way up until <clears throat> the frost. Yeah, yeah, and and it's, a lot of times it's not real bad, and you can cover things, and they'll they cover them, and we'll, we'll we'll save them because because it usually warms up two days later. So you'll have you can kind of stretch it out with that. Now, is there stuff that grows uh, for people that have small solariums or greenhouses? Season really doesn't matter much to them, does it? No, until you start getting really, really cold, and then you can't keep up with the heat. But, uh, you know, it just just depends on, you know, it really depends on where you're at, but... uh, you know, if I had something like that, I I could probably stretch like tomatoes and stuff all year. Tomatoes, uh, tomatoes will grow like almost all year long. The, uh, mm-hmm. Now we started ours last February. Yeah. Now I didn't put them in the ground in February, uh, but they were growing on the on the patio where they couldn't get frosted uh, in February. Uh, I still have one Roma tomato plant that's still producing fruit. As a matter of fact, I picked two tomatoes yesterday. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I don't have the leaf-footed beetles. Uh, uh, <laughs> I did have some. I think I killed all of them, got rid of them. Uh, it's fascinating that, and let me bring Dan Mundy back on this. Uh, Mitter Mundy, this time of year is the kind of time of year where you excel at talking about how uh, we need to get back at people people need to start conforming their mind back to the fact that before the modern ag uh, uh, screwed everything up and destroyed the soil and what have you, if you were eating out at local restaurants, you were eating pretty much what was primarily in season wherever you lived. Oh, most most, most definitely. Well, eat eat to the season. Eat to the season. That's the phrase. Eat to the season, and and you know, like I said, when I'm cutting certain things up, well, what am I going to do with them? Well, you know, it's hard to freeze some of these things. The texture changes. That's another whole topic. You talk about freezing and best ways to freeze. If you can get a quick freezer and all that, but what are you going to make in the winter? You're going to make soups. You're going to make stews. So the stuff, a lot of the stuff you want to prep, should be geared towards that. You know, and then that's kind of what we do with a lot of the stuff that we're going to try and preserve, and you know, make make. It certainly isn't fresh, but it's certainly good. Or if you're if you're not going to make the whole thing as a you you know as as a as you know and, and freeze your soup or freeze your stews, that's another thing you can certainly do. But uh, since I like to cook, you know, a lot of times, or if you are doing, you know, when are you going to slaughter some of the animals in the fall when the colder weather is, and you're not going to have the fresh vegetables, but you'll have the vegetables that you put up, so you can do things with them. Now, what are these critters that you've uh, butchered a uh, picture in the chat room? Now, those are all chickens. I'm kind of going quickly through phases without showing too much, too many gross things. That's there. Do you see them there in the cage? And you see them there getting, you know, one of them has kind of tried to deftly show where it had been uh, bled. And then there's uh, some on the table there. You know, then they see me uh, 
scalding and plucking. And then there's, yeah, I put the one on the table there. I don't know if I put that one in yet, where they're kind of there after they've been plucked. I don't know if I put that one in or not. I'll put it in again. Oh, and, I see the uh, one after it's been plucked. Yeah, that one's in already. <laughs> okay, then I put that one in already. I'll put that one in. I, I see all it. phases well, of chickendom here. Yeah, I lost, I lost track. <laughs> well, let me, let me show you the, the better, the better. You know, when you get done where, you know, you, it looks more like what people are expecting here. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Where did it go? Oh, there we go. There we go. This, so is what, this is the end product. This is what you want. Uh, well, the ones that you have on the table there uh, look pretty tasty. After you cut okay. the after you cut the claws off, <laughs> the claws are claws their feet, the talons or whatever you want to call them. Those I things actually, are ginormous, dude. Yeah, actually, they are. I can show you plenty of little scars on my arms where they get you all the time. I've been having a heck of a time, and it's just because of my own trying to be fast and a little bit careless. So I'm looking at your picture here, and I'm going, yeah. the first thing that comes to mind, uh, my mind is, save a neck for me, Clark. <laughs> you got a chicken, we got a chicken neck, and then you have Maggie O'Connell's favorite. You got the uh, the liver and the gizzards, all the stuff that you ought to throw away. Oh, girl, at, nah, woman after my own heart. You, you, you tell them, Ms. O'Connell, that's some of the best stuff there. Well, uh, here in uh, Louisiana, if you don't uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you might wander into a boudin place or a some any place, a place that sells uh, <clears throat> pork jambalaya or anything. And if you're not specific and say, "Is there any liver in it?" you might get a mouthful of pig liver, uh, which is actually, disgusting. Actually, actually uh, well, actually, I want to try to make liver, which I got pig's liver saved for that. But actually, uh, if you if you read. Small amounts of organ meats mixed in with your ground beef and your hamburger is supposed to be very healthy. Well, and I guess I'm going to be unhealthy. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I we end up doing it separately anyway. We eat that. I don't. I've not generally blended it like that, but it's supposed to be very good. Uh, Mike Churchill here on the Crusade Channel here on a Free Farm Friday at eight four four five two seven eight seven two three. I want to take uh, everyone back to Monday's show. And on Monday, I talked about and I played some clips from Catherine Austin Fitz, who runs a website that's called Solari.com. Let me remind you, Mrs. Connell, if we actually uh, do get the uh, sushi today, we must go to the ATM. Let me remind you, Dan and Brian and everyone listening, today is Cash Friday. Piss an oligarch off. Piss a in-the-tank uh, cabal banker off, piss off a member of the board of J.P. Morgan Chase, pay cash everywhere you go for everything all day today. Mitter Money, I know you're in because we don't call you money bags for nothing. Uh, between you and Cesare, uh, if anyone ever wants to rob someone at the uh, on the way to the St. Benedict Center, just hold up the pole or the old farmer because they are packing hundreds upon hundreds of duckies of cold, hard cash. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but today, gentlemen, is Cash Friday. Is everyone down, Mitter Coke? Heck, oh, yeah. Yeah, I try to do that as much as I can anyway, Friday or not. <laughs> and uh, Cash Friday, they can turn to Cash Thursday or Cash Monday and Friday. Mitter Monday, you're down with Cash Friday? I. 
I hoard my cash, so I do a little of both. I keep, <laughs> keep my cash down where I keep my bullets in the safe. You keep your cash where you keep the bullets. <clears throat> There's another part about Cash Friday than uh, cash in general during the week that you can practice, and we practice it here on the Crusade Channel. If you want to buy advertising, I'll barter with you. Barter. No, I do Actually, you know, I, I, I know Dan. Dan, I know you barter. Brian, do you barter? <laughs> uh, yeah. Everyone should I'll be look amongst ourselves. Barter in the chat room. Say, hey man, hey guys, I got such and such. Anyone want to barter? And find out someone who may say, I got something. I'll barter that for you. Look, you know what? Barter does a couple of things. Number one, it supports vocations. That's one thing. Number two, it deprives the banksters, the cabalists. And the end of the world, doomers, it, for, it, it deprives them of income. They make money from us. We should stop financing our own destruction. So Catherine Austin Fitz's hashtag Cash Friday is a great way to start that, gentlemen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that and the, the bartering is just a great way to get away from it and you actually get to know what people are doing as well. I think uh, a couple weeks ago we have a local honey producer and uh, she traded us a jar of honey for elderberry. There um, you go. I mean, and she makes elderberry syrup and she, she was ordering online and uh, instead of, I was like, these things grow everywhere. So I'm going to, I'm about to get her some, trees so that she can start growing it so she doesn't have to buy it so now <clears throat> there's another part to bartering that i uh, think is even um drives the point point home even more and that is when you barter with someone you have to kind of get to know them you're not gonna just walk into the five and dime and go hey man I got a pocket full of eggs. <laughs> I'd like to buy that telephone over there. I'll get, hey, you, will you pull it, uh, Joe Biden? Hey, you, me and Corn Pop want that telephone. We'll give you a dozen eggs, Bob. And if you don't like it, put them up. You kind of, Brian, you kind of have to get to know the people you barter with. This build, bartering builds community, too, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's essential for building it. I mean, I, I think if you have, goods and services that you could trade for anything, you, you know, you get to know, heck, you might even learn a skill from that. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing what you can do with that. Yeah. Uh, I know Dan Mundy will agree. Dan, you agree about, uh, that bartering builds community because you are a big part of several communities, farming communities in New Jersey, just because you get around and you trade with these guys, don't you? Oh, yeah, and part of, part of it is, is, is a trust you build up, too. I mean, obviously, if somebody's going to – something you got something of lesser value and somebody has something of greater value. you got you got a cow. I mean, I'm not, how many chickens do you want for me at a time for me to take half a cow? But, you know, if you're going to have a nice deal, if I'll take the half a cow now and you'll get chickens over the next four months or something. I mean, that's the kind of thing you build trust and you, and you build relationships with. Absolutely. So, you know, that, that, that's the way you do. I mean, I'll say, what, why do we have money? Because, you know, I mean, you couldn't carry your cow or your chicken around necessarily. And you have to have a medium of, of, of making change, if you will. But, that, you know, how do, why we developed money. 
I mean, you, you look back and you, know, you probably know this. There's a true money show. Time. David did a true money yeah. show on on, uh, on currency and why we developed, why it was developed. Yeah. And, and it yeah. was because you didn't want to be running around with a wagon full of chickens and eggs and sliced up beef and pork and what, <laughs> what have you. And, and a lot of, and a, a lot of ways that they would, you know, in, in colonial America, the 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 the, the, the well off would store their money in things like. Uh, uh, their their silver set. You know, they may have a precious metal silver set. They might have it melted down every few years and go have it remade so they can have the latest style that they have in England. But that was not only a sign of, but a storage media for their wealth. There you go. Things we don't <clears throat> things we don't think about today. But they don't know what you know. Yes, I got all the silver. Well, but if I needed to, I could sell that silver. So anyway, I mean, yeah, money is just things. a medium of exchange. It's all it is. We're not anti-currency or money. I'm not anti-money. Uh, I'm anti paper fiat money uh i think money should have a value to it or it should be you know have something that you can exchange the money that is something of value uh, uh having said that though going back to the concept of barter uh, uh and community when uh, you have to go make a barter arrangement with someone you have to know their name especially if you're going to trade something uh, that, uh, that might have some weight to it or what have you, you're going to have to know where they live or where their farm is. They're probably going to have to know yours. They're going to have to drop the thing off to you or you're going to have to drop the thing off to them and you make the exchange. You know, by definition, uh, it is, uh, it forms community. And not only does it form community, but I would say that it, in it increases the need and the awareness for those skills and those trades that we like to talk about all the time that are going to be necessary in our separation from the modern world, separation from Amazon, separation from big boxes, separation from all of these things, wherever it's possible. And again, we preach and teach this, start doing it now. I'll even say one more thing about this. <clears throat> I won't single her out. But there's a lady who's in the chat room a lot who loves the Crusade channel. She's of meager or uh, mean, meaning average means, I assume. And that's wonderful. But she wants to see us succeed. She believes in the mission here and what we do. Um, and she sends donations in cards, greeting cards, in cash. We accept cash. <laughs> uh, uh, checks are fine. That's basically cash. Uh, and the other thing about sending the cash is there's no record of the transaction. I don't have to pay a processing fee, and neither does she. Uh, J.P. Morgan doesn't know. Google doesn't know what I used it for or how I got it. So uh, bartering and using cash, today's Cash Friday, where possible, these are good things. Um, we're just about at the end of our uh, Free Farm Friday. Dan, I want to do a show coming up, uh, and Catherine Austin Fitz mentioned this on Monday <clears throat> when I played that uh, clip from the uh, Dell Big Trees, The High Wire Show. She mentioned about trades and skilled. Trades and skilled used to be a big section in one ads in the newspaper. Uh, it's a couple paragraphs now. This is uber, uber important to bring back trades and skilled 
Uh, we're going to do a show. There's a guy that wrote a book. Tell people about the book. Oh, uh, Durable Trades. Yeah, I, I, I stumbled across that. Uh, my, my, one of my the Colonial Channel I listened to, the John Townsend Channel, and he did an interview with this gentleman, and he was some kind of an IT guy, and he gave it up. And uh, I, he has he has answered me miniature. So in September, he'd like to he would be happy to come on and, and do an interview. But he went through, and and I you know, and identified and itemized. Uh, I forget how about the number, like, you know, a thousand trade uh, of all types, and kind of evaluated which ones are. Still viable because some of them, you know, and all of them are obviously still doable. Are they still viable? What could you possibly make a living at? And he's he's very particular about w what uh, a family enterprise could do with them and how to involve that as part of a family. Not only whether it's a project or you actually want to uh, make, want to make it into a uh, uh, an enterprise for for your your vocation. Well, you know, families used to own large plots of land. They would farm or smaller parts of land where they'd be blacksmiths and what have you. And they'd pass them on to their children. Imagine that. Oh, heaven forbid. They all live on the same place. And no. Well, no. Well, let's see. Let, let's see, you know. There are, you know, you know, why why is the name Johnson? Because he was the son of John, right? <laughs> who, who was the one who, <laughs> you know, some of those things are all kind of related as to why we do things and why they call them. A certain way. Oh, I'm getting paid, literature. I have to run back. All right, brother. Thank you for uh, for everything. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks. Right, bye, Brian. Take care, everybody. All right. God bless. Take care, Mister Monday. All right, Brian. I got to go to. Uh, it's the end of the program. Uh, final words of wisdom from Brian Coke here on our 13th Free Farm Friday episode. Oh, I just say keep at it and uh, don't give up and. Uh, you know, I did. I did start that signal group in case anybody's interested. Uh, and I've, all my contact information is in the uh, in the uh, the directory. Uh, the directory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I keep forgetting to mention the directory. Upon these rocks.co, go in and put your contact info in there in the directory and uh, use it as a resource. All right, brother, go get back to your kids and your farming. Y'all hey, have a good one, and God bless y'all. Take care. Yep, God bless you too, and uh, our little baby girls and all. 